welcome. Thank you for joining us here at ICGC Caris Temple Podcast. Pastor Prince Nyako is the head pastor of ICGC Caris Temple, serving under the leadership of Dr. Mentor Otabel. Pastor Prince is a dynamic preacher of God's unadulterated word, characterized with a strong prophetic insight and prayer ministry. He is a strong advocate for discipline and order in the body of Christ, with messages centered on fasting, holiness, prayer, and integrity. And now, to today's message. The word, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will take absolute control of this place by your spirit. I pray that our hearts and our minds will be open up to receive your word. We pray that it shall come and like fire, come and refine every gold that is in us, every treasure that is in us. And Father, Lord, like the same fire, let it burn every chap that is within us. We pray that tonight we will have an encounter with your word and it will take us through this journey of life and cause us to bear fruit that will be lasting in Jesus' name. Amen. Please kindly take your seat. I'd like to thank Pastor for giving me this opportunity to minister his word, the word of God tonight. Amen. Now, tonight we are going to continue with, um, we are going to talk about the culture of endurance. The culture of endurance. This month was declared as our month of church culture. And on Sunday, Pastor took us through the culture of love, the need for us to love, show brotherly love to one another as Christians in the house of God. And tonight, I'm going to talk about the culture of endurance. Now, when we talk about endurance, we are talking about the ability to withstand an unpleasant or a difficult situation or process without giving up or giving way. Endurance is the ability to withstand an unpleasant or difficult situation or process without giving up or giving way. So you all bear with me that in life, we are, all, we are always faced with ups and downs. There are times or periods where we experience victories, we experience successes, we experience periods of jubilations where everything is going so well with us, where we are so happy. And there are also times that we go through periods where we seem to be going through afflictions, trials, sufferings. And sometimes those situations can be so trying that we don't know how long we can bear with such a situation. And so life is not something that is flat, but then there are periods of happiness, there are the ups, and then there are the lows. There are the low times. That is the periods of sufferings and then the periods of afflictions and trials. But as we go through this thing in our normal lives, in our daily lives, in the same way, when we come to our Christian life, there is also periods of trials and there are periods of afflictions that we go through aside the periods of victories and successes that we have. So our Christian work is something that on a on daily basis, we are encountering t- challenges, we are encountering periods of trials. And the Bible likens our Christian work to that of a race. And I'd like us to turn our Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I'd like us to read the NLT version. The Bible says that, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses 
to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that, that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Please, can we go to the next one? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in a place of honor besides God's throne. Please, if we can, we can go back to the verse, um, the verse one again, yes. So we realize that from Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, that our lives are being likened, our Christian work is being likened to that of a race, that as athletes we are supposed to run. And this race that we are running, it has been set for us by God. It is not something that we set for ourselves. The moment you give your life to Christ and you accept him as your Lord and personal savior, then you are set, a race is set before you for you to run. And everyone has his or her race that is set before him or her by God. And so like athletes, we are expected that you all finish the race, you all get to the finishing line. Now, before an athlete will say that he is going on a race, and our own, we will describe it as a marathon, because the Christian work is a long one, it's a long journey. Before a Christian, or an athlete, sorry, will set out that he is going on a marathon or on a race, he must have gone through a period of training where he has to endure serious discomfort before he will be able to get himself ready to be able to run that race and finish the line. He might be able to start, yes, but your ability to finish that race will depend on how you were able to endure periods of training, periods of discomfort. Sometimes the athletes have to deny themselves certain food, sometimes sleep, sometimes working for long periods or working for um, um, waking up very early in the morning. In Kenya, you know, when you go to the marathons, when you go to the, Olympic, or the Olympics, you realize that the Kenyans are noted for winning the marathons. And realize that because the place is a mountainous area, they exercise on the mountains. So when they get to the flat, the flat land, it is easy for them to run. And I can imagine them training day on end, um, day by day, on these mountainous areas, trying to build themselves for the race that is ahead of them. And because they train, because they put themselves, they endure great discomfort, because they endure so much pain just to be able to build themselves up to win the race, at the end of the day, we see that they are able to win the medals, they win the gold, they are able to break the records. And so as Christians, for us to be able to finish the race that God has set for us, that Christ has called us to when we give our lives to him, we must be able to endure, endure periods of affliction, endure periods of trials, endure periods of discomfort, so that we'll be able to win the race that God has set for us. Now we must understand that it is not an easy task. It is not something that comes on a silver platter. It is something that comes with so much pain and sometimes affliction. But the Bible is asking us, that, uh, is asking us from the verse 2, the Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, that we can do this if we keep our eyes on Jesus, the one 
who, who came and died for us, the one who was on this earth was able to endure so much affliction, so much discomfort, so much shame. If we are able to look at him, if we are able to look at his word, if we are able to look at his promises, if we are able to look at his assurances, we are able to run the race because we know that he has gone through these things before. He was able to endure and he has promised us that his love shall will be with us. He is going to strengthen us by his Holy Spirit. And so no matter what comes our way, no matter the trials, no matter the challenges that we have to face because of our faith in Christ, we will be able to overcome. And so if we are running the race, the Christian race or the Christian walk, our eyes must be fixed on Jesus. He is the one who will give us the strength to be able to endure. Our eyes should not be fixed on satisfying ourselves or the people around us because you can never satisfy, you can never finish satisfying people because they always have their demands and they will not be the ones to give you the strength because the Bible says that curse is anyone whose trust is in man. When you come to a place where you seem to have fallen and you need someone to hold you, man may, you may be looking at man, but he might disappoint you at that time. But if you keep your eyes on Christ, if you fix your gaze on Christ, you will be able to have the assurance that because he came and he died for you and shed his blood for you, that means that he is going to give you whatever it takes as well to be able to run the race and finish and receive the reward that Christ has promised you. Amen. Amen. Now, the fact that we, have, we are running this race does not mean that there will be periods that we will not fall. When you read the book of Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. The Bible says that, the, I would like us to read the King James Version. The King James Version. The Bible says that, For a just man falleth seven times, and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. So, in as much as you are in a race, and you are pursuing, determined to win it, it doesn't mean that you will not fall. There are times that you might fall because of certain weaknesses that you might have. But the fact that you have fallen does not mean that you have to sit down and say that the race has ended. Mind you, from the verse 1, I told you that the race was set for you by God. What he has set for you is different from what he has set for your brother or your sister in Christ. Our lanes are different. We are all supposed to finish, but our finishing lines are different. So it means that when you fall down, you must not have the notion that because you have fallen, that means you have fallen back. They have gone too much ahead of you. There is no way you can win the race, and so you are giving up. No. The Christian race is such that at any point in time when you fall, when you lift up your eyes to God, when you are able to repent if you have fallen in sin and ask God to give you the strength to overcome and pursue the race, pursue the Christian work, you will be able to, God will be able to strengthen you to finish the race that he himself has set for you. It is not a competition. It is not something that you have to look at your right and left and say that, oh, this person seems to be running so um, fast ahead of me and I seem to be lagging behind. I might as well give up. No. But God is asking us not to give up because he will give us the strength to be able to finish it. When you look at a man like David, 
you see that David ended his life so gloriously. He slept with his forefathers after he had fulfilled his, his assignment here on earth. But you realize that David, there were times that David fell. There were times that he committed sins. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. But out of it, it did not, um, it did not end his, his work with God. It did not end his Christian work, no. But rather, God forgave him when he decided to repent. And so the emphasis is on about repenting. The emphasis is on about rising up when you fall down. And knowing that the one who has called you is able to bear you up and help you to pursue and finish the race that he himself has set for you. When you take a man like Moses, you realize that he was a man that performed so many miracles. There was, he was a man that was notable for so many great things in the Bible. But there was a point in time that he killed somebody. But that did not end his race with God. That did not end his work with God. He, at the end of the day, when he repented, he was able to go on with his work with God. If you see Peter, for example, he was one of the disciples of Christ. He worked with Jesus. He had heard about what Jesus had said, that there was a kingdom that was going to be in, in the future. But when it was time, when he was being questioned by the, the girl, the handmaid, he denied Christ three times. But when he realized that he had sinned, he repented of it and he continued his work, work with God. And so I pray for us all that even as we are going through periods of trials and afflictions, there may be times that we ourselves may take or make decisions that we might find so disappointing that we will look down, in our, we will look at back and say that how could I have done this? But God is telling us that if only you will repent, if only you will look back to him, he is able to forgive and help you to pursue your work with him. Amen. Now, why is there a need for us to endure afflictions? I would like us to turn our Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. The Bible says that, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. So we realize from this scripture in 2 Corinthians that even us as Christians, we will go through seasons of trials, seasons of sufferings, seasons of afflictions because we are pursuing the kingdom agenda, because we are sacrificing for God, because we are denying ourselves certain pleasures to be able to live the life that God has called us to. The Bible says that even when you are going through it, endure it because what you are going through, which seems painful at the moment, it is considered as light. It is considered as something that is temporary. It is not something that is lasting. It is not something that is great as compared to the reward that is ahead. When you look at the reward that is ahead of you, when you look at how lasting that reward is, it should be a motivation for you to go through and endure the pain. 
go through and endure the affliction because what is ahead is far more glorious, it's far more weightier, and it is far more lasting. It is eternal. It is something that the Bible describes as incorruptible. It is something that will not pass away. Whatever you are going through now because of Christ, whatever affliction now you are going through because of the kingdom of God, Whatever it is that you have to deny yourself because you are pursuing the race of Christ, I want you to endure it knowing that there is something glorious ahead of you. I want you to endure it knowing that there is something weightier that is ahead of you. Now, when you take a woman that goes into labor, for example, when she's going through the period of labor, I mean, I've gone through it before and I can tell you that it is something that you wouldn't want to experience again. So you, sometimes you wonder why some people will give birth to eight, nine, ten children, three. If you say it was that painful, why do you go through it again and again? But you see, at the end of the day, when the child is born, you hear the cry of the child. You take the child home. You see the child grow. You see the joy that the child brings you. You realize that you forget that period of pain, that period of sorrow, that period of affliction that you went through. So you realize that in comparison to what you now enjoy with the child, what you went through, that time of labor that you went through, was only momentary, momentary. It was something that was a short period. Even though at that time, one minute seemed like one hour, you realize that the joy that you now have, the joy that the child brings you, is far more weightier, is far more permanent than what you, you went through during the period of labor. So I want to encourage us all, whatever you are going through for Christ, hold on, don't give up. Keep your faith in Christ. Don't deny your faith. It is sometimes difficult for us, especially when you are going through trying times. I mean, for example, if you are a lady and you have gone through, you have finished school and you have gone through very long periods of unemployment, five years, six years, you are not even getting an interview to attend. And finally, you get an interview to attend and maybe in an oil company, you are going to be paid in tens of thousands of dollars. And then they tell you that after the interview, they tell you that, okay, they will call you back. Only for you to receive a call that, okay, if you sleep with me, if you have sexual relations with me, then I'll give you the job. I mean, sometimes if you look back at the period of, of scarcity you've gone through, of lack and want, the temptation to go back will go back and satisfy the demands of the person just to be paid that amount that maybe probably your family will also be need and might be depending on. The, the, the probability that you go back is, um, you fall is very high. But God is telling us that we should not fall. We should not we should not give up. We should keep holding on to him because he will hold us true. Because if we are able to endure, he has a good promise ahead of us. He has a great reward ahead of us. If only we will hold on and not give up. Amen. Amen. Now, if, for example, when you even take our, our being in church, for example, Karis Temple, especially for those who started the church when we were in the classroom state, you realize that the church has gone through various stages. And there are many who have stood with the shepherd of the house, with pastor, from the very beginning up till now. With every stage, more people are added on, and then they keep going through. You realize that it, the journey has not been so easy. There are times that we come, and the sound was 
not so good. There are times that you come, especially in this COVID era, there is no space inside. You have to sit outside. If it is raining, sometimes the rain will beat you small. The sun will be scorching, but you have to stay outside. Sometimes you have to keep giving because we are building, because there, there is so much demand. The fact that it is something that is at its beginning stage means that more resources has to be committed. And the fact that more resources has to be co committed means that people have to go through discomfort. And if we are not able to endure and go through those periods of discomfort, those periods of sacrificing, those periods of, of being in, in the position where sometimes you will look, but you could have just joined a bigger church in quotes where all those demands will not be expected of you. If you are able to commit yourself, you realize that the pride, the joy of seeing the church grow from grace to grace, you will be a partaker of that joy. When you look at this world, for example, the people that have achieved great and mighty things, they are the people that endured so many things from the beginning. If you see somebody who invented something, that person did not just get up, the idea came and they tried it once and then it worked. No. They had to keep committing to it. They had to keep committing resources to it. And at the end of the day, I had the one who invented the light bulb. He tried it over 2,000 times before finally it was able to work. Can you imagine if he stopped at the point, at the 1,000 stage or at the 2,000 stage? He, as he kept trying and trying, he was getting nearer and nearer to the breakthrough. As we keep committing ourselves, as we keep enduring whatever discomfort, whatever affliction, whatever pain, whatever suffering, in order to see the purposes and the promises of God being fulfilled in his kingdom, I believe that God will honor us at the end of the day if we do not give up. So I pray for every one of us even as we commit to the building of God's house, even as we commit to our various churches, for those who are online, who may not be even in Karis Temple, as we commit to the church, seeing it grow from grace to grace, know that there is a glory ahead. Know that as the beginning was not like this and we have come this far, so is God taking us to a greater place of honor, a more glorious place. And if you will commit yourself to it, if you will hold hands with the pastor of the house, if you will commit your resources, if you keep sacrificing, if you keep laboring, at the end of the day, there is a reward that you will share in. A classical example of some of, of people who had such, such um, um, what's it called, benefits, who enjoyed such benefits when they committed themselves to Christ, were the disciples. And I would like us to read the book of Matthew chapter 19 from verse 26 to 28. Matthew 19 from verse 26 to 28. The Bible says, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. The next verse. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Verse 28. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The next verse. And everyone that has forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, 
or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. And so we realize that the disciples, after following Christ, they did not live empty. The Bible says that they have 12 thrones that were awaiting them because they committed to Christ, because they committed to the beginning of, um, the, beginning of the Christendom that we are enjoying today. Their sacrifices were not in vain. They were assured of promises here on this earth, and they were assured of thrones. Whatever it is that you are going through because of God, I want to assure you today, just like how it was assured the disciples, there is a glory ahead of you here on this earth and then in heaven above. One day when you stand before God, if only you will keep enduring, if only you keep holding on, God will not forsake his promises towards you. Amen. I would like us to read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 27. Here we see the man Moses, who is also a classical example of someone who decided to go through a period of suffering and affliction in order to see the Israelites delivered from, the, from Egypt. The Bible says in the verse 24 that by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ's, great, of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And so you realize that when Moses was born in the house of Pharaoh, when Moses was taken to Pharaoh's house and palace, he had the, op um, the option of staying with him and enjoying all the treasures that came with being a son of Pharaoh, being a prince of Egypt. But he realized that that was not his heritage. That was not his destiny. That was not what God has called him to. And so the Bible says that he was ready rather to forsake it all and join hands with the Egyptians to help them to be delivered from, the people, um, from, from Egypt. And so you realize that now we mention the name Moses, Moses, because he decided to sacrifice, because he decided to endure. We hear of his notable, the great and mighty miracles that God did through him, like parting of the Red Sea, water coming out of the rock. I mean, when you look at the miracles that were performed in the times of Moses, there are things that are so wonderful. There are things that when you hear, you will stand in awe. Sometimes I imagine how the people who really experienced it felt, being there to witness it, as somebody would say, feely, feely at that time. Imagine such a man going through this. Now, if he had stayed in the house of Pharaoh, he wouldn't have gone through, had this um, unbelievable encounters with God. He wouldn't have had the opportunity to see God face to face as a man talks with his friend. Imagine the encounters with God. My brothers and sisters, enduring for the sake of Christ, it comes with so much great benefit. It comes with so much glory. Something that sometimes is not touched um, tangible. You cannot touch it. It gives you so much joy, so much privileges and access with God that any other Christian might not necessarily have because you have decided to endure and go through various sufferings and afflictions for him. Amen. I would like us to read 
Romans chapter 5, verse 2 to 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 2 to 5. The GNT version. The Bible says that he has brought us by faith into this experience of God's grace in which we now live. And so we boast of the hope we have of sharing God's glory. Verse 3. We also boast of our troubles because we know that trouble produces endurance. Endurance brings God's approval and his approval creates hope. Verse 5. This hope does not disappoint us for God has poured out his love into our hearts by means of the Holy Spirit who is God's gift to us. And my emphasis here is on the love of God for us. Now, when we are going through any form of pain, any form of denial, any form we are going, we, will, we are having to sacrifice for the sake of Christ. I want us to remember that no matter how, how difficult it is, the love of God has the power to see us through. God never forsakes us in our period of affliction. Sometimes it might look so gloomy. Sometimes you might look to the left, to the right, and there seems to be no help coming from anywhere. Sometimes you don't know how long it will last. It seems to be an ending. But I want you to have the assurance that the love of God has the ability. The Bible says that his love is so deep, so wide. That love has the ability to sustain us through whatever difficulty, through whatever period of affliction that we are going through. So far as it is for his namesake, so far as it is for his, for your faith, because of your faith in him, his love will be able to hold and sustain us through. Never ever think that the love of God will give up on you. If only you will believe in that love that he has for you. You know that you'll be able to go through and you will go through standing and not down in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 from verse 6 to 7. If we can turn our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1 from verse 6 to 7. It says that, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be. Sorry. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. Can we read the GNT version, please? That would be easier. It says, Be glad about this, even though it may now be necessary for you to be sad for a while because of the many kinds of trials you suffer. Their purpose is to prove that your faith is genuine. Even gold, which can be destroyed, is tested by fire. And so your faith, which is much more precious than gold, must also be tested so that it may endure. Then you will receive praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. Amen. So from this scripture, we realize that our faith is something that is precious. And everything that is precious, like gold, it has to go through a period of purification. It has to go through the fire so that it will be, it will be refined for it to be useful for the purpose, so that it will be of use to us. If it is not refined, if it does not go through the fire, it will not benefit us the way in which we expect gold to benefit us. 
In the same way, our faith in Christ is tested. The trials, the sufferings, the afflictions that we go through, the, we are going through them because our faith is something precious that these trials and afflictions are supposed to test. And it refines us as we go through them. And it makes us stronger. It builds our character. It makes us better versions of ourselves. And as we are able to go through this, the Bible says that there is a praise and a glory and an honor that is ahead of us. And so anytime you are going through any form of affliction, anytime you are going through any form of pain, for the sake of the name of Christ, for the sake of your faith in Christ, know that your faith is being tested. And as it is being tested, be a good student. Push hard. Keep going. Don't give up. Know that there is a reward. There is a success ahead of you. If only you do not give up. If you give up, you will lose the praise. You will lose the glory. You will lose the honor that God has purposed for you at the end of the day. It is only that which is good and precious that is tested. I mean, if the devil does not see anything good in you, there is no way he will bring afflictions to you. He will not bring it along your way because he doesn't see anything that is precious for him to come after. He rather tries to make things unbearable for those that he sees something good, something refined, something beautiful in, something precious in, so that he will draw them back for them to be a part of his kingdom. But if only you will stand firm and understand that I am going through this because of the, of the precious thing that is in me, because of the gold, the precious faith of Christ that is in me, you will be able to stand and know that if I am able to go through, there is a reward, and so I must not give up. So I pray for every one of us here that even as our faith are being tested day in and day out, we will not give up, but we will hold on so that the refining process will continue, the building of our character will continue so that we will become better versions of ourselves and with that better versions we will be able to encourage others to go through the same afflictions and trials that we ourselves have gone through in the past amen, amen. now when you read the book of second timothy chapter 2 verse 3 second timothy chapter 2 verse 3 the bible says that take your part in suffering as a loyal soldier of christ Take your part in suffering as a loyal soldier of Christ Jesus. And so from the scripture, you realize that suffering is a part of being a Christian. The fact that you have confessed Christ as your Lord and personal Savior does not mean that you are going on a vacation where everything is just going the way you want. Like a soldier, you are supposed to stand and be loyal and be committed because suffering is part of the Christian work. Christ Jesus went through affliction, he went through suffering, he went through shame. So when you are going through suffering, know that you are not the only one. You are not the first, neither will you be the last. It is not news that has to be so much broadcasted. It is something that is common amongst us as Christians. And know that there is an end to it. As I said earlier, it is temporary and it is light compared to the glory that is ahead of you. So you only have to endure as a good soldier of Christ. Amen. Now, as Christians, there are various ways that we may suffer affliction and we might have to endure. And I would like us to go through a few of them. 
the first one, I'd like us to turn our Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says, Do not be ashamed then of witnessing for our Lord. Neither be ashamed of me, a prisoner for Christ's sake. Instead, take your part in suffering for the good news, as God gives you the strength for it. Instead, take your part in suffering for the good news, as God gives you the strength for it. That means that there is a suffering that comes for sharing the good news. There is a suffering that comes for propagating the gospel. For us, even in Africa, in our part of this world, especially in Ghana, where majority are Christians, we don't go through so much pain and affliction. We don't have to endure so much because we are preaching the gospel. But when you go to the Arab nations, where people are killed, where people are imprisoned, where people are beaten, where people go through so much ter terrible things because they share the gospel. The Bible is telling us that it is a suffering that is not unusual as a Christian. There are times that you will share the gospel, you will share the good news of Christ, and you will suffer for it. You might be that you are um, you might be sharing it amongst people in your class, people in your neighborhood, and because of that, you will be despised. When you are going through such an affliction, when you are going through such a, a trial, endure it, be proud of it, because such suffering is associated with sharing the good news. Amen. Amen. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, if we can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, the Bible says, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in union with Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in union with Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So you realize that the fact that you have decided to live a godly life, the fact that you have decided to not to take the way, the way of the world in pursuing certain things, for example, if you go to an exam, there's an opportunity for you to cheat and everybody is cheating and you decide that because of your, your faith in Christ, you are not going to cheat. By all means, there are some people who will persecute you for it. They will say that only you. Sometimes you'll be giving names for that. Or if you find yourself in an office where people are doing dubious de deals so that they will be able to make money. And because of your faith in Christ, you decide that you will stand for God. You will not bend the rules. By all means, sometimes you will find yourself standing alone. You will find them persecuting you because you have decided to take the godly way. Because you have taken the Christian way. But the Bible is saying that everyone who wants to live a godly life in union with Christ Jesus, it didn't say that may be persecuted. It says will be persecuted. So that means that whether you go up or down, it is something that you will face at a point in your life because of your faith in Christ, because you have chosen to follow Christ. I mean, look at a man like Joseph. He went through because he decided to stand by the principles of God. He went through so much persecution and he had to be in prison because he decided not to sleep with Potiphar's wife. He went through persecution, but at the end of the day, a time of glorification came. So whatever you are going through, as a Christian who is listening to me, who is sitting here, know that when you are being persecuted because of your godly life, it is not something unusual. It is part of the Christian work. If only you will endure, there is a reward. Amen.
Another thing too is that sometimes you will face rejection because of your faith in Christ. And I would like us to turn our Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. The GNT version. It says that, Avoid the passions of youth and strive for righteousness, faith, love, and peace, together with those who with a pure heart, call out to the Lord for help. Then shall we go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16? I think I've missed something here. I would like us to turn our Bibles rather to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. And this was Paul speaking, and he said that no one stood by me the first time I defended myself. All deserted me. May God not count it against them. No one stood by me the first time I defended myself. All deserted me. May God not count it against them. So in this letter, Paul was telling Timothy that there was a time that he had to be child because of his faith in Christ. There was a time that he had to defend himself. And when the time came, there was no one standing by him. Probably as he was coming, he had people who were telling him, oh, let's go, let's go. When the time comes, we will come and stand with you. We will speak for you. And sometimes the Christian work is like that. Sometimes when you decide to do the godly thing, you think you are all Christians. You are all following the right way. Everybody is saying it. Then the time comes and you find that you are the only one who is standing. Everybody has deserted you. Sometimes you have to defend yourself on your own. Paul is saying that when you go through such things, it is normal as a Christian. It is part of the Christian work. You must be ready to endure such times because being um, standing for Christ may mean periods of rejection. And when you are re being rejected for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of your faith in Christ, know that it is something that is honorable and there is a reward for it. Amen. Amen. Now, one other reason why we can also go through um, um, a period of suffering or affliction, it can be out of our own fleshy and worldly desires. And I would like us to turn our Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, the NLT version. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. It says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteousness, living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. But my emphasis is on the first sentence. It says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. So the Bible is saying that there is something called youthful lust. And sometimes in pursuing this youthful lust, for example, if you are living a life of drunkenness, if you are living a life of rebellion, a life of disobedience, a time will come where you will suffer for it, though you are a Christian. But such a suffering is not coming because you decided to pursue your faith in God. It came because of your own decisions. It came because you decided to follow your own desires or your own youthful lust. And the Bible is telling us that when you go through such things, know that you will have to endure it as a Christian and then stand up, repent, and then focus on Christ again. When you are able to do that, the Bible says there is a reward for you. 
It's not every suffering that every Christian goes through. That is necessarily because of their faith. Sometimes it's because of your own fleshy desires, because of your own youthful lust. But as a Christian, as I said earlier, when you go through such periods and you've realized that you have fallen, the Bible is calling us to rise up again and pursue our work with God. Amen. I would like us to be on our feet and pray. The first thing that I would like us to pray about is that I want to pray to God that he will give us the grace to endure hardship and suffering for him. We realize that suffering is part of the Christian work. Because of our faith in God, there are times that we will be rejected. There are times that people will, will speak ill of us. There are times that we will have to sacrifice. There are times that we will have to endure. But you want to lift up your voice and begin to pray to God that, Father, when I'm going through afflictions, when I'm going through various sufferings, for your name's sake, for the sake of my faith in you, Father, give me the grace to be able to endure. May I have that culture of enduring. May I not give up. Pray to God that you will be able to stand by your faith in him. Pray that you will, not be able, you will not give up on your faith in Christ, no matter what you are going through, no matter the affliction, no matter the pain. Lift up your voice and pray that he will give you the strength by the Holy Spirit not to give up on your faith in Christ. Pray that your eyes will always be focused on Christ Jesus. Pray that it will not be on your own desires or on the expectations of men. Because when you follow the expectations of men, you will not be able to pursue the work you will not be able to run the race for which Christ has called you heavenward. Pray to God that he will give you the strength and the grace to be able to stand with your church, to go through the various phases of it. Pray that you will be given the grace to be able to um, um, sacrifice for the sake of God's kingdom. Pray that you'll be able to go through the pain. You'll be able to go through the discomfort of evangelizing for others to come into the, into the um, Christendom. Pray that God will grant you the grace to be able to give off your best to him. Pray that God will give you the grace to be able to labor in his vineyard. That no matter the circumstance, you will be able to endure. Pray to God that he will give you the grace to look at the reward that is ahead of you. The reward, the Bible says that that is, is heavier and that is lasting. That is permanent. That is not temporal. Pray that God will give you the grace to be able to look at the glory that is ahead of you. That you will not look at the temporal pleasures that you will enjoy for now. So that you will deny yourself the glory that is ahead. Pray that God will give you the strength to be able to overcome the challenges that you go through. Pray that God will give you the grace to be able to be strengthened in your inner man by his word. As you study his word, you'll be strengthened to be able to endure. That you will not fall away in the name of Jesus. Pray that no matter the circumstance, no matter the pain, no matter the hardship, pray that you will not give up. You will not fall off in the name of Jesus. Pray that like David, when you, even when you fall, you will rise up. You will hold on to the word of God. You will be able you will pursue the race. You will not give up. You will fulfill your destiny in the name of Jesus. Pray that Christ shall be the one that your eyes will always be fixed on. Christ shall always be your focus. Christ shall be able 
I'll be the one whose voice you, would, you, you incline your ears to so that you will not give up in this race in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray for strength. We pray for grace to abide in you no matter the circumstance. We pray for the grace to endure. We pray that like Joseph, we will not, be, we will not give up. We will not fall and not rise up. We will not fall and and remain fallen, but we will rise up, we will repent, we will come back into the fold, so that we'll be able to attain the promises that you have ahead of us. We pray that like the disciples who committed to Christ whilst he was here on this earth, as Christians in our churches, churches, pray to God that you'll be able to stand with your pastor to help grow the church. Pray that you will commit to the house of God. Pray that you will commit to the work of God. Pray that you'll be ready to sacrifice to see the kingdom of God advance. Pray that you will be ready to commit to see the church build. Pray that you will be ready to sacrifice at all times your resources, your money, your time, whatever it is that is demanded of you at any point in time. Pray that you will have the grace to be able to endure and be able to give up whatever it is that Christ is asking of you so that you'll be able to attain your reward in heaven in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We thank God for another time in his presence. Amen. Shall we all kindly take our seats? Amen. I think it's now time for us to take our offering. The message you just listened to is from ICGC Karis Temple. To connect with us, you can like our page on Facebook at ICGC Karis Temple or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ICGC Karis. We would like to hear of how God is blessing you through this podcast. To support this podcast, please click on the profile button and click on support. Thank you and God richly bless you.